Hello, and welcome to our Night Terrors, Legends of Philadelphia. These are your hosts, Johnny Zito and his best friend, Tony Trove. I'm Brian Bierman, helping out on engineering duties. You might be asking, isn't this a pretty thin premise for a podcast? <laughs> well, I, I, I think, I mean, it could just be like, it's three people talking. That's, 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 that's every thinner. podcast. Yeah, yeah. But we have a gimmick, though. Wikipedia is the fourth person. <laughs> well, in addition to being Philadelphia natives, Tony Trove and Johnny Zito have a little t-shirt business, South Fellini, that focuses on Philly culture and in-jokes. Lots of times, customers will ask us, didn't this place used to be a massage parlor? <laughs> it was. It was. They're yes. right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Or they want to know about the secret menu at Ray's Happy Birthday Bar. What? <laughs> the secret. If I go, can I order a Carlos at uh, yeah. Ray's Yeah, make Happy sure Birthday? you wink. Probably, make sure you wink. It'll be something very different. Um, <laughs> so we decided to start this podcast as an easy explainer for new Philadelphians and a refresher for the old heads. The city fascinates and excites us. So we're hoping to share that with you. Oh, man. Let's get into it. Let's talk. Let's talk about the big news this week. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins said we were his favorite podcast. He came right out. He mentioned that, 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 that's it. And then he said, he said I was his favorite of the three. He none of this happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a charm, finesse. Tony T brings it all, ties it all together. Quote. He sounds handsome. <laughs> he said. <laughs> Sounds very muscular. <laughs> Our favorite comedian, Paul F. Tompkins, did give us a recommendation on uh, his podcast, uh, Stay F. Homekins, uh, this week. We were very flattered. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we put it in the Instagram this week. You can find a little animated segment uh, by Day Jobs, etc., and uh, Sean Dooley. Yeah, and uh, we've been a big fans of, of, of Paul F. Tompkins for uh, a long time. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, I guess I've I've been a fan of Paul F. Tompkins since uh, I was a kid. His comedy special, his HBO comedy special, came on uh, Cartoon or Comedy Central, and uh, it's like a half hour one man show style thing where he talks about the joy of drinking and and how to really cherish the taste of, or relish the taste of beer. And uh, he mentions Dirty Franks in it. He talks about uh, the bar in Philadelphia, yeah. Dirty Franks. And then I grew up kind of like I was like thirteen, fourteen when I heard this uh, with this bit that he did. And then I kind of grew up like idolizing Dirty Franks and like when I'm 21, I'm going to go to this bar. <laughs> I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. It's so fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This cool guy on on Comedy Central told me to do it. So. <laughs> yeah. Responsible for my drinking habit. Paul F. Tompkins. So thanks for the recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was awesome. It, it was really really awesome. So yeah, it was super cool. Thank you. But he didn't say it was his favorite podcast. You you added that part. No, I did add that part. I did add that part. He just said he just said he was going to recommend it, and it was a kind of a reluctant recommendation. <laughs> yeah, he started off. He wanted to talk about what he didn't like about it, and it's like you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to go there yet. He said we're dr- drunk on celery soda. <laughs> we love celery soda. It's terrible. Yeah. Let's not start that as a thing. <laughs> Look, Beerman gets to call brands out and send them free things. I, I want to do it. <laughs> you got enough, though. You got a case of celery soda in your basement. <laughs> Doc Brown's has such better flavors than that. Uh, Doc Brown's. They have better, they have better uh, 
brand ambassadors. <laughs> yeah, the the Doc Brown street team. <laughs> It's like it's, it's like a it's like a bunch of oh brother where art they all like dust bowl era dudes and like suspenders and they got no shoes, on. straw hats. It's in a glass. It's in like a big a pitcher. Yeah, they write their novels on typewriters. It's a tonic. Play banjo tonic. to relax. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Ah, ah. Well, so while this week, I mean, we didn't say what ep- what episode this is, but I'm I'm personally a little bummed out because the Sixers. It was Game Five of the Hawks series last night <laughs> as we're recording this, and they were up by 26 points at one point, and they lost. It was one of the worst, most painful losses I can remember in Philly sports history. You know, I didn't watch the game. I just updated it on my on my Google search over and over again, and it was maybe worse. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just like, wait, this is wrong. This can't be right. This can't be right. And then I just <laughs> fell asleep with it. Uh, <laughs> you're just like, you're like banging the laptop. You're like, hand. there must be a glitch in Google. Something's can't be. Yeah, can't be right. Um, it was a disappointing loss. It was the most disappointing loss since uh, the game before, which in which they were also up by like twenty <laughs> points at halftime. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe the next two games will go better. <laughs> yeah, we hope the next two games go better because the idea the more- was that that, after, that you would be listening to this on Monday. Hype for the Sixers continued success. <laughs> so happy. Good so morning, happy. Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. Do we love the Sixers? Can I get a heck yes? So maybe that's the case. Maybe we're celebrating right now. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know yet. We don't know. We don't know. But we were at an all-time high when we decided to make today's episode about Charles Barkley, uh, former professional basketball player and current analyst on Inside the NBA, nicknamed Sir Charles or the Round Mound of Rebound. Sir Charles. Uh, Barkley was an 11-time NBA All-Star, an 11-time member of the All-NBA team, and the 1993 NBA Most Valuable Player. But his professional career began in Philadelphia alongside Moses Malone and Dr. J. So today we're going to take a deep dive uh, into Charles Barkley's 76ers. So I last night, since uh, the the game was on TNT, Charles Barkley was doing the halftime stuff, and he, like, it was like I was so pissed off watching this game, but I was like, I have to see what Charles Barkley says because, like, I I just have to. And he was like, uh, I was telling Drove earlier. He was like, "Hey, Shaq, I borrow your plane uh, tonight." He's like, "Yeah, Chuck, why?" He's like, "I want to fly to Philadelphia so I can hear the radio tomorrow morning." <laughs> he just wanted to hear the Sixers get blasted. He 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 shouted out Mike Missanelli and Howard Eskin, <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> "Yeah, he was like, I want to I want to go to Philly just to hear everybody just roast the Sixers." He was like, "And they deserve it, and they do." It was it was embarrassing. <laughs> It uh, the, it only five times in the past twenty five years has a team uh been trailing by twenty five or more points in the playoffs and came back to win. Wow, it's fucking unbelievable. Wow, congratulations to Atlanta. What a what an achievement. <laughs> I the tiger. You you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a running joke on Inside the NBA, which is where they show the basketball games on TNT, that every time 
Barkley makes a guarantee, it's like always wrong. Like he has a button <laughs> where he hits a guarantee and like crazy stuff will do it for. And like he guaranteed the Sixers and me and my roommate were just like, oh, man, no, like we knew like that should have been it. That yeah, been he's it cursed. He's cursed. So is that is that primarily how you know Charles Barkley as a commentator? You, you you're most familiar with him in his current. No, I remember watching him as a kid and stuff. And he was in Space Jam. And he was like, <laughs> so um, he wasn't, I mean, Michael Jordan was the biggest at, when we were kids. But, like, Charles Barkley was right up there. Like, yeah, and like absolutely. Charles Barkley was so different from Michael Jordan. He was, like, late, more laid back and, like, funnier and, like, you know what I mean? They had such different personalities. I mean, there was, there was so many stars back in the 90s era right and it was weird as a kid that we didn't have one and it it was <laughs> Sean Bradley you know in a time in a time when like Shaq and Jordan and and Charles Barkley are like such like mainstream like people you know um there was no like philadelphia representative or the philadelphia representative was sean bradley <laughs> and the fact that like and as a kid i knew that it it was charles barkley and how cool charles barkley was and the fact that he was in phoenix and like phoenix had like 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 a very modern 90s logo like they're yeah like the colors yeah. the, like it looked very modern it's a it's very a futuristic MB, team yeah. mb graham it's upside down the same word as it is right side up it's uh, like it's a everything about it is like very cool and to think that like yeah he would leave the sixers to go to that team yeah i (laughs) i i I had just started following sports uh around that time and and like 1992 and rather than watch the sixers i think the 92 olympic dream team was probably my introduction to Charles Barkley and these other superstar players. And then they all went right, back to their right. teams and Charles Barkley didn't go back to the Sixers. He went back to the, to the Suns. So like I didn't really mm-hmm. associate him as a Sixer, like in my mind, because when I was getting into it, he wasn't a Sixer. I mean, I knew he was a Sixer, but right, I just like right, never even like, right. cons- I never really thought about his career here and, and took a look at those years. I just always remember being like jealous, wishing that we had like a, like a superstar like player like that as when I was like when I was a kid when that stuff you know yeah really matters to you know um especially then when there was like really only so many like very famous basketball players and how huge basketball was then um it was definitely the beginning of the era of the superstar carrying the whole team instead of like being the face of the team or something it's like how there's like 90s celebrities on television still and they're like kind of like part of Charles Barkley's part of that you know yeah. Um always entertaining to me. Um always oh, no yeah. I feel like he's people have always have he I always hear he's like, you know, talking about legend. Uh you would hear interactions that people would have with him because like <laughs> at a very specific like eating places or like like fooderies that like Charles Barkley was here, um getting his whatever done. He got the hot uh, dog. I yeah. yeah, like I I went up to him and like did this and it's and like you know, it was like, hey, you're Charles Barkley. And he was oh, like no one ever says he's he's like, Yeah, leave me alone, which you think he would. Um, he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, here's a picture, whatever. Here's an autograph. Like, he's, <laughs> I'm not suggesting everyone storm Charles Barkley, but I always feel like you hear he's a kind uh, interaction. So th- er- earlier in the week, he told at halftime, he was like, I want to give a shout out to, and like, he read this dude's name. He's like, I'm hoping I'm getting that right. I lost my wallet at Chipotle. <laughs> <earlier today." laughs> and this guy contact, 
this guy found it and contacted TNT. But can you imagine you're in Chipotle and like you're like, oh, somebody left their wallet on the table. Let me look. And it's like, oh, it's Charles Barkley's wallet. Now it's like my duty in life is to get Charles Barkley his wallet back now. Like that's yeah, like that's mine. your that's it's a sacred like responsibility. Yeah. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. Truly a legend. I know we we throw that word around loosely. Who's uh, literally the name of the show? It's in the title, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's why we. That's why I heard it. Some of these aren't legends. Some of them are tall tales. Some of them are just embellishments. <laughs> embellishments of Philadelphia doesn't sound as good. Doesn't roll off the tongue in the same fashion. <laughs> Uh, Barkley was born and raised in Leeds, Alabama, 10 miles outside Birmingham. As a high school junior, Barkley stood 5 foot 10 inches. He failed to make the varsity team and was named as a reserve. However, during the summer, Barkley grew to 6 foot 4 and earned a starting position on the varsity team as a senior. He averaged 19.1 points and 17.9 rebounds per game. Despite this, Barkley garnered no attention from college scouts until he scored 26 points against Alabama's most highly recruited player, Bobby Lee Hurt, uh, in a semifinal game. An assistant to the Auburn University's head coach, Sonny Smith, was at the game and reported seeing, quote, a fat guy who can play like the wind, end quote. So uh, that's another that's another thing about Charles Barkley. He's kind of like plagued with the, like people call him fat. People say he's he's fat, but like six foot four, three hundred pounds, I, like that's is so not insulting. fat. That's that, so like, nuts. Like, like I would never call him the round mound of rebound. Like yeah, like, yeah. oh your nickname is like <laughs> out of here. I would never say that to that guy. I I saw an interview with him uh, doing research for this, and uh, he said that they leaned into that in his Auburn days because they were just looking for media attention. So he was like, "Yeah, I'm fat. Uh, here's my funny fat nicknames," and he would like read his funny fat. The, the, this was the era of the fat boys. You know what I mean? This was the uh, this was different time. Different time. <laughs> Uh, Barkley played collegiate basketball at Auburn for three seasons. Although he struggled to control his weight, he excelled as a player and led the SEC in rebounding each year. He became a popular crowd pleaser, exciting the fans with dunks and blocked shots that belayed his lack of height and overweight frame. It was not uncommon to see the hefty Barkley uh, grab a defensive rebound and, instead of passing it, dribble the entire length of the court and finish at the opposite end with a two-handed dunk. His physical size and skills ultimately earned him the nickname the Crisco Kid. Oh, come on, man. That's yeah, I know. Another like, fat joke. It's, it's even it's in like, the... It's like, he's not that fat, dude. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm telling you, he leaned into it. There's like a, there's like a, I think a Sports Illustrated cover of him with like 10 pizzas, and he's like, I eat all these pizzas. He's like, whatever he could do to get there's attention on the There's something about that. I don't know. I think that I... It's like John Crook, too. John Crook did the same thing of just like, it's like... Yeah, I like eating. Yeah, leaning there's into it. About, I mean, I guess there's something about it. There's, I, I could be that. I'm halfway there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now me and Charles Barkley have something in common. <laughs> I guess it also makes him more relatable. You, you know, he is like a gifted athlete. They're really calling him fat, but like he is a very graceful and uh, quick player, and uh, he's making all these amazing athletic maneuvers uh you know also being and there's other athletic people trying to stop him and he's still uh he's still managing to pull off these great feats and so like it's mm-hmm. funny to call him fat because he's like not really and he's also quite graceful and quite good at the sport and he just will roll with it because that's his personality yeah 
Barkley left before his final year at Auburn and made himself eligible for the 1984 NBA draft. He was selected with the fifth pick in the first round by the Philadelphia 76ers, two slots after the Chicago Bulls drafted Michael Jordan. He joined a a veteran team that included Julius Irving, Moses Malone, and Maurice Cheeks, players who took Philadelphia to the 1983 NBA championships. But as the 1983-84 NBA season drew to a close and what became the legendary 1984 NBA draft approached, Barkley wasn't the 76ers' first option. He wasn't even plan B. The Sixers had been poised to select either Michael Jordan or Hakeem Olajuwon with one of the first two picks, uh, at least until the Houston Rockets allegedly tanked the final month of the season to get the coin flip. Back then, in the final season before the NBA instituted the draft lottery, the worst team in each conference called heads or tails for the right to pick number one overall. <laughs> the Sixers were the best. Seems but so old. It seems so old-fashioned. Yeah, uh, and the Sixers were the best, but they owned the Clippers' first, uh, uh, first draft pick that year because of a trade. Uh, but the Rockets' sudden losing streak put them in last place, so Philadelphia's first-round pick turned into a number five pick uh, real quick. Barkley didn't want to be drafted by the 76ers either. His agent told him that if he went to Philadelphia, he'd only be paid $75,000 as a rookie. Uh, Barkley was kind of pissed about this. He was like, I didn't drop out of college for $75,000. So Barkley decided to show up to the draft fat and hope that the defending NBA chance would lose interest in him. (laughs) (laughs) He's like trying to get in the NBA and he's just like, I want more money. Yeah, any other team but Philadelphia, so they're cheap. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I, 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 I'm just like, I, how, how can I get out of this? But, I, but they're the I'll champs. My, they're, they're, they got Dr. J. They got Moses Malone. Don't you want to hang out with those guys? Don't you want to be on the championship team? Mm, fuck you, pay me. No, I want money. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Charles Barkley has told this story a few times, uh, and the amount of food he ate in a 24-hour period has always uh, seemed to get bigger. So, like, he tells this story, and he's like, and I went to Denny's, and I had uh, three breakfast specials. And then he tells it again, and he's like, it was six breakfast specials. And that night I ate 20 pizzas. Like, it's always getting bigger and bigger. Uh, But what is true is that he weighed in at 302 pounds on draft day. Uh, Yeah. Really enjoyed that weekend. (laughs) I was like when Homer gains all the weight for his uh, the work from home. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia was mad, but not mad enough to pass on him. Instead, Barkley negotiated a $2 million contract for four years. Uh, and uh, that was all the reason Barkley needed to lose the mass. He got himself down to a lean 250 for his first season. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it w- there was a motivating factor to that money, too. Quickly, the Sixers returned to the Eastern Conference Finals in Barkley's rookie season. In his debut season, he averaged 14 points, 8.6 rebounds, and 1.9 assists per game, which is an impressive feat considering the crowded and talented Sixers squad. After winning 58 games in 1984-85, they would win 54 games in 85-86. Barkley showed uh, he was a young star in the making, and the Sixers management got a bit too excited about his ability to lead the team on his own. They started to make moves to build the team around Barkley as the centerpiece. When, the, uh, when given the chance to cash in on the aging assets of their team, the Sixers jumped at the opportunity. Uh, the round mound of rebound became the face of the franchise when Irving retired following the 1985-86 season, and before the 1986-87 season, Moses Malone was traded to the Washington Bullets, and uh, they also gave away their number one pick to Cleveland for Roy Hinson, uh, who is... Uh, 
an okay player, but no, nobody special. I don't know. There, this seems like I, I looked up why they would have done this. There bro, didn't seem to be a reason. Dude, dude, dude. Roy Henson listens, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Roy Henson rookie cards. You know, come on. <laughs> it's worth a whole twelve dollars. <laughs> Uh, Barkley was pissed uh, with these moves. Uh, he since called it the end of his career in Philadelphia, even though he was he was still there until like uh, 91, 92. He believed these moves gutted the Sixers and uh, a great player. Barkley believed he could never quite lead the team uh, as the Sixers had envisioned. So uh, they wanted him to be like the new Dr. J. And Dr. J even went on TV and said he's the heir apparent. You're literally following Dr. J. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's he's ridiculous. Yeah, he's not even a doctor, <laughs> right? And Charles didn't even finish. He didn't even finish college, so <laughs> no, no. Get a dentist at least. It, like, <laughs> it's something. Get an associate's before you take over for Doctor J. Uh, so I guess they they the Sixers thought that Charles Barkley would be like their new superstar. Again, he came out of the same draft as like Michael Jordan, and so they're seeing uh, you know, it's a big graduating class there and uh, or a big freshman class there and so it's like oh this guy's gonna do big things and we're gonna build this big team around him and it just uh never quite gelled and to hear Barkley tell it in interviews this trade of Moses Malone and the giveaway of the number one draft pick is what kind of like had him mentally check out I don't blame him yeah he, didn't, he saw the prospects disappearing. But while the Sixers reached the playoffs four times in the next six years, the team was never uh, able to advance beyond the second round. Barkley demanded a trade after the Sixers went 35-47 and 47, uh, and missed the 1992 postseason. Wow. Yeah. Um, on March 26, 1991, during a game versus the New Jersey Nets, Barkley attempted to spit on a fan that had been allegedly heckling him with racial slurs, but the result was that his saliva hit a young girl... Um, in the in the seat next to the intended target, uh, yes, big a, a big controversial event. Rod Thorne, the NBA's president of operations at the time, suspended Barkley without pay for one game and fined him ten thousand dollars for spitting and verbally abusing the fan. Uh, it became a national story, and Barkley was vilified for it. Barkley, however, eventually developed a friendship with the girl and her family, making an apology uh, for his behavior. What about the racist guy? Uh, there doesn't seem to be much follow up with him. There doesn't seem to be much follow up with him. He kind of, I guess, he just got away with it. I guess they always do. Um, and instead, uh, this poor girl got spit on, and Charles Barkley, uh, you know, got himself wrapped up in this controversy that I'm sure he didn't mean to spit on a child. No. Um, this was we talked about some of this. We like grazed over this in our Captain Noah episode because like like Charles Barkley kept going on Captain Noah and like making apologies. That's true. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. And it was like, what was he apologizing for? And I was like, oh, he always had a controversy. He was always he's always doing uh, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was always always saying something. You know what? You, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, he spit on a little girl. Damn. You know what to say that? This... We didn't bring that up. There's a picture. There's a picture. We had a picture of him and Captain Noah in the, uh, in the, the, what do we call that? Visual companion. The visual right? companion. Yeah, that we week? did. Maybe we'll include it this time too. It'll save me the trouble of finding an extra picture of Charles Barkley in Philadelphia. <laughs> we'll just rerun that one from the, the archives. <laughs> the rerun. So yeah, Barkley was controversial. Uh, he was always saying controversial things. Uh, he continued to and continues to say controversial things. Uh, the, the Barkley incidents were mounting, and he didn't want to be in Philadelphia anymore. He was arrested for breaking a man's nose during a fight after a game with the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Um, oh damn! Yes, and uh, he didn't think the team was win. He was. Uh, he didn't think the Sixers would win. He was discouraged. Uh, he thought his whole career was going uh, to be winless, and he was very frustrated. And uh, so he's also in an interracial marriage, and he has a mixed kid. And the Philadelphia fans did not make it easy for him. They very like when we talk about racist fans, they came after him and his family very personally. So he was like not happy in Philadelphia at this time. It was, uh, you know, obviously the city as a whole loved him, but there were very, uh, very vulgar, very upsetting people. And they're very loud. Yes. And uh, they came to the games frequently and they shouted in his face, in his family's face and uh, threats were made. And uh, so in an effort to keep Barkley happy in his final season in Philadelphia, the Sixers had gone so far as to allow the player to wear Billy Cunningham's retired number 32 in honor of Magic Johnson, who had announced that he was HIV positive that year. Uh, Barkley was apologizing in a way for having made light of Magic's condition. When reporters had asked him about concerns that other players may contract HIV from uh, Magic Johnson, Barkley stated, quote, we're just playing basketball. It's not like we're going out to have unprotected sex with Magic, end quote. So, like, he was kind of, I I guess, trying to... uh, uh, dispel any kind of concern about like why would it be a, a weird for us to play with Magic Johnson but I guess he was also making light of the situation and this had gotten him in trouble and so then he went back hard the other way and he was like I'm going to wear Magic's number and tribute to him this year and so then it was a whole thing where people were like who does, Ma- who does uh, Charles Barkley think he is wearing uh, Billy Cunningham's number and uh, yeah. of course, Billy Cunningham said it was okay, and like they got his permission first. Nobody was like cutting him out. Yeah. But at the same time, there you know, talk radio and the newspapers and and people just like being mad about it and. Yeah. I don't know. It just soured the relationship between Charles Barkley and the city even more. And uh, by the season, by the end of the season, Barkley was demanding a change of scenery, and the Sixers obliged him by trading him to the Suns. Uh, I guess he had been the way he tells the story is he, the day he got acquitted from uh, the, uh, the the fight um, uh, in Milwaukee, uh, he got out of court and he was like, I need to change my whole life. I need to start over. I Whatever it takes, I just need to, I need to re- reboot Charles Barkley. And uh, at the time, Barkley was, the, was fourth in the Sixers' history in total points, third in scoring average and rebounds, second in field goal percentages, and eighth in assists. Uh, so he was pretty important. He also wasn't far removed from being MVP of the 1991 All-Star Game when he recorded uh, 17 points, 22 rebounds uh, in the East's victory. Now, around this time is when he also beat Godzilla in that one-on-one game, right? Yes, this was is around this time. Yes, it was. A, that was also in 1992. Yeah, it was yeah. the the game heard round the world. Round the world. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever. Charles Barkley grew to Godzilla's size. Godzilla has the Horace Grant. Um, Goggles. It's a commercial for Nike. It's for a Nike. Commercial. But but <laughs> but but they shot it in real time. It's like it it really happened. I remember people it's renting it on pay per view. Just another fave commercial. Yeah. But uh, I have a T-shirt of Charles Barkley dunk, dunking on Godzilla. And Godzilla's like, what? He's like falling back, like he's yeah, been, yeah. being he's, knocked away he, by the he, power. He got posterized, posterized by Sir Charles. Yeah. Um, they also made a comic book of that, and it's very goofy. We'll have to post pictures of that. Yeah, Godzilla wears Godzilla wears giant sneakers. 
Yeah, he's wearing Nikes. Yeah, yeah. the the pump ones. Like, with the, <laughs> cool. with he the needs the extra cushion. He <laughs> yeah. needs. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. His knees, he's man. Good, yeah. My God. His knees. <laughs> Godzilla's a vet by that point. You know, he's been doing this a long time. <laughs> Isn't that's right? He doesn't have it like he used to. Like Barkley, uh, uh, Godzilla retired without a ring. He never won a NBA Finals uh championship that's true that is just, true godzilla just like barkley <laughs> that is never true. won the big game mothra has three rings though. That, <laughs> godzilla it drives godzilla crazy she drives him crazy with that you know but i do <laughs> and people love mothra that 10-part <laughs> mothra documentary <laughs> oh it was great it was great Mothra, so spiteful. So spiteful. <laughs> well, Mother's driven by spite, and Mother wouldn't be what Mother is if spite wasn't a, a main contribu- contributor. Yeah. Uh, so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> This is why Paul F. Tompkins thinks we're drunk. <laughs> Could a drunk man just instantly recall all of that Godzilla information? No, I think not. <laughs> have, it on inst- have it on our fingertips. Uh, yeah. An intoxicated person, remember that? <laughs> Little 90s trivia. Uh, okay. Uh, former Sixers team owner Harold Katz said it was the biggest regret of his ownership trading Barkley. Barkley went to Phoenix, and the deal didn't produce much of anything. They basically gave him away. Less than two months later, Barkley won an Olympic gold medal with the 1992 Dream Team, and in 1993, Barkley took the Suns to the NBA Finals where they lost to Jordan and the Bulls. Um, in 1996, uh, he, uh, he missed the Space Jam as well. It's just, uh, one, one hit after another, uh, <laughs> Philadelphia is a stepping stone to his true career. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he has the, probably the best line in Space Jam, which is when, when he's, so he gets his powers of basketball stolen by the Monstars and he's in church praying. It's like. It's a montage of I don't know if you've ever seen Space Jam, but uh, yeah. uh, it's a montage <laughs> of uh, everybody trying to get their powers back. And he's in church and he's like saying he's going to be a good person and all. And he's like, I, he's like, I'll never go out with Madonna again. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about this before uh, in Space Jam. These guys all lose, these superstar players all lose their powers, and then at the end of the movie, Michael Jordan returns with a magic basketball, and he's like, touch this basketball, and you'll have your, you can have your powers back. If that happened to you, wouldn't you think Michael Jordan stole your fucking power, your your basketball skills? Oh, that's with true. With witchcraft? Well, wasn't there a bunch of basketball players who used to wear hologram stickers that said they gave them powers? Wait, really? Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't mention that. sounds like a cult thing. I, look, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it is a cult, but there's, there's I want like some. a- well, I'm I'm I might have some for sale. 
DM me. DM me. <laughs> I have a magic hologram stickers that make you jump higher. Uh, fly uh, farther. Fly farther. Swim faster. Kiss better. Kiss, <laughs> wow. Kiss bigger. Kiss faster. Kiss, Kiss like Charles <laughs> Barkley. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know what? They should make a, a Space Jam like it's like here's what actually was happening. Michael Jordan was lying to everybody. He was in, with the Monstars the whole time. Yeah, he there, stole their powers. Yeah, there's a dark side to that. I definitely wouldn't believe his story. He'd be like, oh, I went to the center of the Earth and Bugs Bunny and I, we played the Monstars for, to get your powers back. And this is, you owe me one. Like, all right, fuck it. Thank you, Michael Jordan. Thanks. I owe you one now. Yeah, great. It was called Power Balance with the stickers, by the way. Power balance? Yeah. I want some. I'm pretty sure it's called power balance. I want to get some. I'm going to lick it. (laughs) What do you do? You put them on your forehead? Uh, Power balance is is an original brand of hologram bracelets. Claimed that it's manufacturers and vendors that to use holographic technology to reinstate with and respond to the natural energy field of the body and increase sporting ability. Whoa. Increase sporting ability. Yeah, and and I'm pretty sure like a bunch of celebrity like like celebrity uh, athletes got got involved with them too. Um, if you're getting one, get me one too. <laughs> See, also quackery. You know? Give me one. Give me one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure if you Google what 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 athletes used it, but um, uh, more people than you think. That's funny. Here's a picture of like Bill Clinton wearing one. <laughs> uh, 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 this goes all the way up to the top. Oh my God! Oh my, it's at the top. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we gotta get to the bottom of this. Uh, well, they didn't work for for Charles Barkley. The 1993 loss to Chicago uh, was the closest he'd ever come to winning the league title. The Sixers, meanwhile, missed the playoffs in each of the next six seasons. So those bad trades they made yeah. for Malone and uh, Charles Barkley, including giving away draft picks, really set the Sixers up uh, for a tough couple of years. And um, it probably isn't until Iverson comes to the team that they start to pull out of this. Like when I was a kid, it was like I I liked basketball, but the Sixers were terrible, so it was like right. I watched the Bulls because it was like. But you how, how did you watch the Bulls? Like they're like they didn't broadcast like in Philly. You know, you could like see things of the Bulls. It was almost like a, like a legend in itself. When they know? would show like the national games and all, yeah. it would always be like yeah. the Bulls. I mean, I think that's why SportsCenter got so popular is because they'd like the packages, the highlights of uh, of these superstar players. Sure. You know, if your home team didn't have them, you could at least watch it uh, uh, on cable for a half hour at 11 o'clock or whatever. Yeah, if you miss the Phillies, you can read about it in the next day's daily news <laughs> or yeah, catch SportsCenter. Yeah. yeah. And, if the, and if the same highlights are from these same athletes... Uh, well, that's pretty much all uh, we got for Charles Barkley's time um, with the Sixers. But uh, I don't know. Is there... I was like, I was too young. Like, I've seen clips of him. And like, yeah, when I was a kid, he was already almost. Well, almost. The, there was like the end of the 80s era. Like that, yeah. like, like they like, it went, <laughs> it went out in 83. And it, then it just like took years to wrap up. Actually, some say the process is still going on. <laughs> <laughs> We should trust. But they've been like, like you know, like Mike Schmidt retires, like the, like the 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 Flyers like blow their whole thing, like all these teams like restarted like in mm-hmm. the '80s, uh, mm-hmm. and they never really kind of got back on their feet. <laughs> Charles Barkley, like, I think like the city still loves Charles Barkley. He's like such a oh uh, yeah, 
And uh, he loves them. He was even like, he was he kept saying like, my Sixers, like he loves the Sixers still. Yeah, I'm sure there's like tons of like shitty fans, but there's also probably tons of great fans and tons yeah. of people who like love Charles Barkley. He's like one of the, I like mentioned before. There's like players that have that the city loves that never won anything that are like always get a pass. And Charles Barkley, like people love Charles Barkley. People love Randall Cunningham. Yeah. People love Allen Iverson. Um, but like people don't love Donovan, uh, Donovan McNabb, or Eric Lindros. They you do know? though. <laughs> They, I don't know. They just something about like some people deliver and some people don't, and in whatever the city this agrees on, collectively agrees on. I mean, so much, so much of it is personality, like how much they're willing to play for the camera. Like Charles Barkley, um, even w- w- learning about these, you know, as a kid, learning about all these superstars and whatever uh, in the early '90s, these different basketball guys. Charles Barkley is the one with the reputation for like. Uh, saying crazy things, saying like telling it like it is, and like well, he's that's doing a, media. Yeah, you know, he's doing me like is it, doing being captain, being on Captain Noah, like a practice run for being on TNT every week, you know, or every night, wherever he's on. Like, yeah, he's been doing like like he's been in front of the camera for a long time. You know, there's not oh, many yeah. people who have gotten that. He's hosted SNL four times. Re- like, that's yeah, he's got like timing, he's, and there's things, there's something about that, and. uh yeah, I'm I'm watching the um that's called the Inside Story. It's a four part documentary about the inside the NBA, and they're talking about him. They were saying it was uh, I forget who it was, but it was a basketball player, and they were like talking with other basketball players about like how like when you retire, that's it. You're never going to be as popular as when you were a basketball player. But like Charles Barkley and Shaq, and it's like they're bigger now than they were yeah. when, they were, when they, were playing. Playing. Like, yeah. they were playing. Like they're like they're. And like, and yeah, they were just talking about how funny Charles Barkley is, how like much of a pro he is, because he's been doing this for so long, and just like, just how fucking just entertaining he is. Like people, you just want to watch him. Well, like they've just been on front of the camera for so long. They, like, yeah. you know, it's like I keep saying, like there's like all these '90s celebrities still on television, uh, and they're kind of like part of that. Uh, they're just you're used to them being famous. You know? Yeah. They're the original yeah. crop of cable TV celebrities. Yes. And he's already made all his like mistakes and things like that. He's uh well, I guess he still makes mistakes or does or doesn't, but um, he's just, he's, they're comfortable. In, a guy like Charles Barkley is comfortable in front of the camera. I, yeah, I, 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 at this point though, I wonder how much of that is like learned. Cause like he got in trouble when we were kids. I remember him getting in trouble for saying nasty things about Paula Jones during the Clinton scandal. And it's like, it's like a Howard Stern style, like shock jock. I'm gonna say something crazy to get the media to pay attention to something else, uh, instead well, of uh, you know, this other thing. And like even now, is he doing it for attention? Is he saying these, these crazy wild things just so people pay attention to TNT to his to his basketball show? I do. This is I do think there's some sort of crossover of like the Howard Stern listening listeners going to like sports radio and uh mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and if like you know if you like howard stern you probably like the eagles great we all do but like and then what's the, what's the howard stern version of that well we're the meanest the nastiest and we say all kind of crazy things and it's like so over the top it's like it it kind of existed alongside of howard stern yeah. and that's why it like was so like like trying to build on that reputation of everyone being so extra like extra mean or extra nasty you know i think you're right Um, and i think it kind of comes from like the 80s or like you know family ties and 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 button up sitcom families and things like that and then the rejection of that howard howard cosell or whatever yeah and just like 
Like here's some like raunchy, uh, was it Angelo Cataldi and and what's his name Howard from from they were like writers, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, like that building that thing of like we're just going to be aggressive local media. Yeah, we're going to um, tell it like it is. We're going to tell the truth. We're not going to sugarcoat like it. Tell it is, sure, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're competing with Howard Stern. Yeah. So they have to be like that. And then it's like, now it's like 40 years later and we're still dealing with like... <laughs> now the fallout from that. <laughs> one of the, one of these talk show guests ended up being a, becoming the president and now we're all dealing with it. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't turn off sports what radio, happens. when you don't turn off shock jock radio for a little bit. <laughs> Listen to some oldies. Take it easy. Oh man, the radio. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're saying he's he's a really good uh, he's he's really good with media, but he's a radio guy. We're even talking about at the beginning of the episode. Bierman said that um, he gave a shout out to Mike Mizzanelli uh, last night. Like he still listens. He still is part of that world. He gives yeah. he gives in a good interview because he knows radio. He's uh he's has one of those rare things of just like, and I don't know what it is. He can like say he definitely gets in trouble and stuff, but he can like say things other people cannot say and like he has like i don't know if it's just a likability with him or it's just like you uh he just he doesn't seem mean like cruel i don't know he can even though he says some shit but you know what i mean he can get away with it i don't know what it is or why that is but I think you put your finger on it. Uh, he he might say the wrong thing, but it doesn't seem like it's coming from a cruel place. It doesn't seem like it's coming, uh, you know, maliciously, like for somebody's throat or whatever. He he brings like heat, like a wrestler does, and is tries to be as like PG, <laughs> I guess, as he as he possible. Because it's funny when he loses. Like it's just kind of like because <laughs> he's like this big, like aggressive guy, and like it's like the Iron Sheik, you know? It's like. It's it's just funny when he when he's wrong. I don't. It's yeah. That's the the the. It's like like he will call anyone out and all, but he also will like he makes fun of himself or like will like go along with jokes about him. Like I don't like, know. It, that's that's what makes being funny is like being like made a fool out of once in a while. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, exactly. He's like exactly. down. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he he like will take it as good as he he gives it. Yeah. And that's like. That's kind of part of it. I'm telling you, the 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 documentary is really good. Um, it's called Inside Story, and it's all about the history. That show's been on for 30 years instead of the NBA. Wow. I mean, he's only been on it since like the late 90s. He's been on there for a while now. Hmm. It's 30 years. Is that what you said? Inside the NBA has been on. Wow. Wow. Good for him. Um. Well, that's pretty much that's pretty much all I have for Charles Barkley. I don't know if you guys want to add anything else. Charles Barkley, call us if you're listening. If you're listening and we know you, you, you listen to Philadelphia uh, broadcasting. Yeah, what about us, this. Charles? Yeah, Come on. if you want to be on our podcast, like our post about this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Chuck. Do you like us? Check this box for, like box for yes and this box for no. Like yes, no, or maybe. And leave us a nice review on, on, on Apple podcast review yeah. would it kill on, you to leave Barkley. us a review charles barkley what are you doing you're not busy <laughs> okay that's pretty much all there is to know about charles barkley uh and his time with the 76ers <laughs> that's it that's all you need to know about the man uh wrapped up summed up pretty succinctly In 48 minutes it's pretty good yeah i think we did a good job he would agree 
please check out our website, www.southfellini.com. That's S-O-U-T-H-F-E-L-L-I-N-I.com for cool Philly-inspired merch. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow along and join in the conversation. We want to hear from you. Uh, look out for new episodes of the podcast every Monday. Stay safe, wash your hands, and I guess just cover your mouth when you uh, when you sneeze and cough. You should have been doing that anyway. You yeah, it's true. Anyway. It's true. Uh, get your vaccine if you didn't. It's easy to tell you to do it. Like your mom. <laughs> you should have already been doing it. You're right. Should have been already doing it. If I listen to a podcast, you could probably do that. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>